Self-sabotage robs us of progress. Why do we self-sabotage? Well, we tend to focus too much on distracting ourselves from stressors instead of doing what it takes to resolve them. We get hit with a bunch of stimuli, our bodies get all worked up, and suddenly even the most basic of decisions feels grave and urgent. We feel we must make the decision right then, right now, or else. Or else. And in this rush, we end up doing silly stuff. In short, while stressed out, we make worse decisions. Listen as a good doctor teaches how sometimes, sometimes doing nothing saves us the trouble of doing something dumb. Roll the intro! Morning, everybody. Good day. Tap, tap, tap. Is this thing? Yeah, it's up. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and today's episode is super fun. It's fun. Your brain, chaos, and car rentals? Dot, 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 question mark. I've decided to release a bit of a series, perhaps, or, or at the very least, a, a concerted effort to revisit the concept of chaos in your brain frequently. Oh, is that true, Ashley? That's okay. I will save a copy of this for you. <laughs> I've decided to, re to release a bit of a series, I think, on chaos, or at least a concerted effort to revisit it frequently. Right now, there's, there's quite a bit going on. Right? And it's a great opportunity to take an evergreen perspective on the aspects of chaos, uh, the stuff that applies all the time in different places. I also thought it would be a good opportunity to give you a bit of coaching philosophy. Yes, my team and I coach others, but I also know there are many other coaches listening and everyone in some capacity is in a coaching position, managing, parenting, teaching, etc. Okay, in regard to current events, yes, it is possible to cherry pick specific happenings and address ways to handle those specific stressors directly. I think that the scientist in me is like, eh, I think that limits the generalization of what you learn. This means it makes it a little bit more difficult to take what I teach you and apply it to other situations as I whack the microphone in my fervor, okay? Uh, generalization is the single most important aspect of coaching and being coached for anything, procrastination, communication, alcohol, weight loss, etc. Okay, taking what you learn here and yes, applying it to the thing that needs improvement is useful and it's a useful translation of, of what you know and it also pays dividends to don your critical thinking cap and apply it to other chaotic times as well. So I always like to leave that sort of disclaimer, right? The way I operate, I think it's most important to ground yourself first. I mean that literally and figuratively, unless you're in an airplane, that's okay. As long as you're firmly attached to something, all right? From there, you're in a position to mitigate any self-sabotage and still position yourself to help others. And I'll explain a little bit about that in a second. In most cases, in an alarmingly large percentage of cases, the act of helping other people simultaneously sabotages their mind and body, like the giving tree sort of scenario, right? Where like you have to give a piece of yourself whenever you do something for somebody else. Uh, and then that might leave you too exhausted to help yourself or, or it just puts you in a crappy position. And then we all know what we do when we're in crappy positions. This is a win-lose situation. It creates burnouts, blowouts, binges, breakdowns, and every other obnoxious B word in existence, okay, that hurts you and it hurts the people that 
depend on you, right? And that's why handling chaos in a specific way is so important, chaos in general. I'd much rather see you in a position to provide more and greater value to others and yourself forever. And you do that by getting your own crap all together first, by golly. Uh, for that reason, in any chaotic situation, no matter what it is, audit three things. Audit three things. Affiliations. So there's three A's, by the way. Affiliations, which is your interaction with your environment and the people in it. Your aptitude, which is do you have the knowledge and skills you need and or do you have the means to acquire the knowledge and skills you need. And then finally, there's autonomy, which, which is essentially are the decisions you make really coming from within or are they heavily, heavily influenced by something external. So we have affiliations, aptitude, and autonomy. And those are the things that you want to think about when you're kind of in, this, in an overwhelming, chaotic sort of situation. These three A's, three A's, they make up the basis of my take action in coaching philosophy. They are, they are requirements, essentially, for motivation. Okay? Do you have the skills? Do you have a good environment? And is it really your decision on the inside? <laughs> okay, hope that makes sense. Uh, since I like to move inside out or bottom up, take your pick, I'm focusing on how to how I operationalize autonomy, okay? Which again is are the decisions you make really coming from within, or are they heavily influenced by other things? And I'm going to discuss that and the self-coaching nuggets that it holds for you. A super duper fantabulous example is when you go to rent a car. Here we go, full circle, everybody. It's when you go to rent a car and the rep assumes you're going to buy insurance, okay? They might ask something like. Do you want the standard insurance or the premium insurance? Linguistically, at least, you're cornered. You're forced to pick. It's a very stressful real life situation when you, when you put it in, like, into context directly in that very moment, okay? Do you make a decision? Yes. Was that your decision? Debatable. That's where you get into the weird stuff about like volition and autonomy and other various things, but for the most part, is it really your decision you're making? Eh. Are you choosing to make a decision? Sure. Is it really your decision you're making? Eh. Especially if they have conveniently left out that insurance is optional. <laughs> if you're in a hostile and chaotic environment, which even in a micro environment such as that can be hostile and chaotic up in here, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the old psychological binary rears its ugly head. And same goes true for things like media, okay? The media, be it social media, liberal media, conservative media, independent media, or bacterial media, it's all engineered to grab your attention, to create a stressful environment, microenvironment or otherwise. Definitely a stressful microenvironment, right? Why? Because it must to survive. For that reason, your brain is either actively or passively vigilant. This means that it's always on the lookout for arousing things. And I use the term arousing here at face value, right? Good, bad, dangerous, exciting, etc. It's psychologically arousing. Could be any end of the spectrum. And you're doing this on purpose, like you're looking for it, or all that surveillance software is running in the background, right? You notice things, right? That could possibly be threatening or possibly be exciting or whatever. It happens automatically, it feels like. And a lot of it is automatic, too. That's part of being human. It's the way she goes. <laughs> and this is why so many companies and people try and hijack that machinery. They hijack that machinery because they have a, at least a rudimentary understanding of that sort of panic system that you have. And I use the term panic loosely, right? Your split second decision in, in, a, in a stressful situation. 
when something stressful or arousing catches your eye or your attention, thereby justifying and reinforcing your vigilance, by the way, right? The energy you're spending on trying to find it. If you find stuff, then it reinforces your looking, making you do it more. Your stress response to that stressor creates this sort of cognitive myopia, uh, streamlining your decisions, you know, for safety. <laughs> A great way to make internally incongruent decisions for yourself, right? We all make silly decisions when we're super stressed out and feel like we have zero options or that all the options are banned. This is a key factor in what's called big, big fancy pocket protector word here, psychophysiology. Okay, in so many words, environmental stress affects your body by getting your autonomic nervous system involved. So think about your heart rate going up a little bit, breathing a little bit faster, a little bit shallower, possibly kind of sweaty, right? That's a stress response, a physiological one that's been instigated by your psychology. And that's why it's a psychophysiological response where your brain is impacting your body and then it circulates, right? Where that stress response now affects your brain again. When your body is stimulated in this way, you suck at making decisions that make sense later. <laughs> You really do suck. It's the way she goes, all right? After all, that's a stupid thing to put energy into when you have to survive right now. On top of it all, you become even more sensitized to the stressful crap. So you find something that stresses you out, and then it grabs your attention, and then you learn about it, and it stresses you out, and then you become even more sensitized when that stuff shows up again, and it reinforces itself. That feedback loop perpetuates. Sound familiar? That's part of what learning is. And other people and companies and outlets have figured out that they can hijack that sort of machinery, that software a little bit. Now back to the car rental situation. When the rep says it's standard or premium insurance, more than 90 out of 100 people get a qualitative stress response. It's a guess, mind you, like it is in that range. Uh, they do a river dance in their mind, trying to sort out everything as fast as possible, and then say one or the other. The rental place gets like a 93% take rate and like 97% profit margins on the superfluous upsell. So let's break down this interaction a little bit. What do you think of when you think of car insurance's purpose? What comes to your, what comes to your head? Car crashes, explosions, fire, broken glass, cops, death, bankruptcy, hospitals, all manner of things that stress you out. Never mind the stress of having to make a split-second decision. You also have to weigh the options of your car blowing up and killing everybody on the inside. Come on, people. Autonomy what? <laughs> your brain does all this calculating in the background, and the result of that calculation, what the calculator spits out, is a pit in your stomach. And that, crit, that pit creates an urge to decrease risk. And as the sales process so conveniently orchestrated, the only way to decrease risk is to pay them for standard or premium insurance. Ah, ah. This is an exceedingly powerful example of psychophysiological stress at work and its impact on your decision-making capacity. See how if you still need training on how to deal with it, how it robs you of your autonomy? How chronically and sustained stressful situations rob you of your ability to make decisions properly?
This is colloquially referred to as being between a rock and a hard place. This premium or standard insurance, right? <laughs> or damned if you do or damned if you don't. If you feel like you're constantly in situations like this and you're getting the short end of the stick where all, you know, where every single decision is the lesser of two evils, that's ripe for, that's that's a ripe for coaching to step in. Okay? That's ripe. That's what it's for. Self-coaching, seeking coaching elsewhere, you know, it's it's ripe for coaching. Then there are some people with training, right? They've trained themselves or got training elsewhere, either through practice or they're privy to the dirty secret, right? In their minds, they're relatively unaffected because they know their autonomy is being robbed. Remember that somebody's trying to do that, wittingly or otherwise. And the trained person's response to the insurance question is, neither, get bent, <laughs> right? Your regular car insurance probably covers the liabilities associated with renting anyhow. An insignificant portion of people understand this as manipulation, but still, they take the insurance anyway. There is autonomy in that, okay? Now think about being bombarded by environmental stress all the time and how that impacts your body and what that does to your decision-making. Do I run or do I fight? Do I eat or do I starve? Do I live or do I die? Do I stay vigilant or risk the worst by sleeping? Do I watch the world through the eyes of the red channel, the blue channel, or the green channel? Do I scroll Instagram or scroll Facebook? Do I feel good and look good or do I hate my life? Do I smoke, drink, or eat? Do you, or do you, do you sit back on team science and think, hey, environmental stressors, get bent. Because you know there's another option. And use that to give yourself some breathing room. Increase that space between stimulus and response and use that space to inject some logic and reason to your next set of decisions, right? We can be over here on team science thinking, hey, do I have to be in survival mode at all? Do I have to be? Is it convenient and does it make sense? And, and is there stimuli coming from every direction? Sure, but do I have to be in survival mode right now? Is this life or death? What happened if you turned everything off? What would happen if you lived in a place where everything was off? If you looked out the window, would there still be fire falling from the sky? The world still coming to an end the way you might feel sometimes in chaotic situations, sustained chaotic situations? Probably not. All things considered, it would probably be relatively peaceful and quiet if you shut everything off and down. What does that mean? It means you're receiving all of this hyper-arousing, self-perpetuating stimuli from external sources in your environment. And that leads us back to our autonomous decision-making. Are you making the decisions you make because of here or because of external situations that are feeling like you're being forced to act one way or the other? Those external sources are robbing you of your autonomy and manipulating you into thinking you're damned if you do or damned if you don't. When everything operates on a binary. Worst case scenario, you can just wait and see what else presents itself. It's the worst case. Know that consumption and overconsumption of stressing environmental material is your choice. It is autonomous. And being reminded that, the, that decisions are autonomous is just as important. It is. Otherwise, they get reinforced so many times it becomes what is colloquially referred to as a habit and it feels automatic. And that space between stimulus and response shrinks to nothing almost. <laughs> it means you're in a position to pull back, get your head back on straight and re-engage fresh and level-headed. 
Sometimes the best answer is the simplest one. If you're feeling extra overwhelmed and stuck between a rock and a hard place, and all of your options seem horrible, try doing nothing. Shut it down for a minute. Shield yourself from all of the external firebombs and missiles and bullets and shrapnel for a, for a little while. Wait for everything to calm down. Wait for your body to calm down. Because when your body calms down, it allows your mind to calm down. You remember that self-perpetuating loop with the stress response and your ability to make decisions. And then once you're calm, you can revisit your options again. And then you'll know for sure what direction is most appropriate for you. And maybe the options are still the same as they were before. But that's okay. Now you can at least make a decision level-headed with as much logic as you can inject between that stimulus and response. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening. This is the end of my first rant on this brain chaos nonsense and car rentals and all that fun stuff. In the meantime, if you need help navigating this sort of stuff to still stay on track, make sure to give me a ring. Dr. Cashy believes in you. <laughs> I hope everybody here has a super fabulous and wonderful day. I'll be back very soon. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>